Howdy, folks, and welcome to the tailgate. For those of you just joining us, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends. One interview at a time. We inherited a truck from our late Granny Mae and discovered that the crystal hanging off a rear view mirror was more than just decorative. It's a dowsing pendulum leading us to the good folks behind the tales we all grew up with. We accidentally stole a canopic jar belonging to the mummy of Pharaoh I, who promptly placed a death curse on us. So, you know, that's nice. <laughs> but right not, tailgaters, because all we have to do is return the jar with the rest of the set by the next blood moon to break the mummy's curse. We'll ship it back to the museum soon and avoid having our souls forfeited to Anubis. Ain't nothing to worry about. Well, except the men in black who are, eh, also after us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, nothing else to worry about, though, right? Yeah, no, yeah, uh, I think you covered it there. With that, I'm Harrison, the Florida man. And I'm Aaron, the cheesehead. And today we are coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana, where the architecture and streets are as colorful and French as the foul language, and air as moist and hot as fresh beignets. That actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> I go for some beignets, and we're just a trial ride right away from the famous Café Dumont. Uh, Dumont? Dumont? Just be French as fuck. Café Dumont. Dumont. Yeah, I suck. Um, <laughs> Café Dumont, want to check it out? I do, indeed. <laughs> All right, man. Well, here it comes. Bonjour, messieurs. Bonjour back at you. Two trolley tickets, please. Two <clears throat> streetcar tickets will come to a total of $2.50. Sure thing, lady. Uh, here's my card. <laughs> Unfortunately, our streetcar is exact change only. Or perhaps you have jazzy passes? Jazzy pass? Uh, no, fresh out of doors. One second, let me check my packets. Yeah, I'll check mine too. Right quick. Dollar seventy-five. And I got three quarters right here. Woohoo! Here you go, miss. You seem to be a quarter shy. Nope, count them. Ten quarters. This is actually nine quarters and a bottle cap. I'm sorry, but that's only two twenty-five of the two fifty necessary to ride the streetcar. But I ain't got no more change. Then I ain't got no more room on board. No quarter, no ride. Désolé. Man, fuck this. Oh, didn't you see that guy peeling out like a maniac? Yeah, God, that can't be good for his tires. Nope. Anyway, it looks like we'll be walking to the French Quarter. If only we had a French Quarter to cover our fare. Eh, reckon we need exercise anyway after being cooped up in the car for so long. And drink a beer all the time. Nice That's too. true. Map here says Cafe Demand is across from the Jefferson <laughs> Square. Now that we have time on our hands with this leisurely jaunt, might as well just jump right into it. Sure. So, today we're looking to meet up with one of the most interesting and puzzling men ever to walk the planet Earth. And to top it off, he's probably a vampire. No, vampirism is nothing new to the glistening brick-paved streets of New Orleans. And, in fact, it's sort of a hub for these nocturnal predators. Earliest examples I could find were John and Wayne Carter, two brothers from these parts who were sentenced to execution for a string of peculiar murders. I bet a pretty penny, even a wheat penny, now, this kind of peculiar involves blood-sucking. And you'd be right on the nose. Ah, right on the neck. Ouch. A dozen or mar... mar. Oh, he's <laughs> Irish now. 
A dozen or more bodies oh. linked to these brothers were found completely drained of blood. Whoa. Did the police capture the men by stumbling upon their coffins or some shit? Nah, not even. Police had no idea who committed the murders until a bloodied up woman stampeded into the station pleading for help. She was an escapee of the brothers and led the popo to the Carter's apartment where the two men were convicted and put to death. Or at least death by human standards. How do you mean by that? I mean that ever since their execution, sightings of the two brothers have been reported. This indicated that their death in the big house didn't take, as there are only a number of ways to truly kill a vampire. Jumping Jesus. Yep, Jesus is one of the ways. Oh, <laughs> and their bodies missing from the family vaults. Man, them no good vampire bros are out there for sure. Man, they're probably watching us right now. Hey, we know y'all's out there. Carter bros, we're on to you. Yeah, you won't get to drop on us. Yeah, they probably will. But if they do, <laughs> man, if they do, maybe they can spot us a quarter so we don't have to walk so damn far for these beignets. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, but they don't exactly strike me as the charitable type. More like the grisly murdering type. Yeah, they seem to only kill women, though. I reckon at least we're safe from them. Should them no good bat bastards come flying at us. Yeah, they're going to see these feminine legs, and anyway... <laughs> Whoa, hold up just a second! You do have chicken legs. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Cafe Duman. Dumont. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know. You're probably right. Hell yeah, Dumas. man, let's get him! <laughs> run it, run it. Woo. Welcome to Cafe Dumont. Here for our legendary cafe and beignets. Oh, hell yeah, buddy. Yeah! Two cafes and an order of three beignets sound good to you boys? Oh my god, yes it does. Give me some of that fried dough. Yeah, what he said. Total comes to 726. Well, here you go, lady. Got my shiny mid-Florida union card right here. Oh, bless your heart. I'm sorry, dear. But Café du Monde is cash only. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, fuck this shit. Hey, there's that guy again. Yeah, God, that dude has some serious road rage. Seriously. Anyway, I guess we gotta walk to the ATM. Hmm. Here you go, miss. A 20 out of coverage? Yes? Keep the change. Well, who that? Merci, sir. Sorry for any inconvenience, boys. Your order will be right out. God, jeez, you didn't have to go and do all that, my dude. And deprive you gentlemen of the most legendary beignets this side of the pond? What kind of guess would that make of me? No, hmm? oh, well, generous, but uh, I thought we were the guests here in New Orleans. No, she said, it's Nolans. Oh, Nerlands. <laughs> and I think he's the guest for our show. This is our guy. Count Sage Germain, that's your service. Or Germain, for the sake of simplicity. Huh? Actually, beyond the name we're currently butchering, you have about the longest list of titles of anyone we've interviewed so far, Mr. Simply Count St. Germain. Seriously? You've been known as Jacques uh, Marquis de Montferrat? <laughs> Count Weldon? Bellamare? Skaldikoff? You've been identified as a mason, a knight of Templar, a mystic and a cultist, a hero of romance, a charlatan, a swindler, and an adventurer, to quote historian Isabel Cooper Oakley. According to Horace Warpaw, you've been called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, and a somebody who married the great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople. A priest, a fiddler, and a vast nobleman. 
What was that whore's name? Yeah, unimportant. What? Giacomo hey. Casanova, the supreme sensualist himself, and your fellow diplomat. Damn, I'm gonna try that one again. <laughs> yeah, it was real sexual there. <laughs> Giacomo Casanova, the supreme sensualist himself, and your fellow diplomat, called you a scholar, linguist, musician, and chemist, good looking, and a perfect ladies' man. <laughs> he did say that, didn't he? I do miss my old friend. You were called one of the greatest philosophers who ever lived by the Danish Prince Charles in full earnest, and facetiously called the Wonder Man by famed philosopher Voltaire. I do not miss Voltaire, but I digress. I must admit, you tailgaters have researched yours truly far more extensively than I had anticipated. I am a bit taken aback, honestly. What brings you both to Nova? Oh, yeah, see, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends. One interview at a time. Whoa, wowzers, yeah, you read us like a book. (laughs) Must be a fan of the podcaster, no? If so, it'd be really cool if you left us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And same (laughs) to you folks at home listening. I, too, have researched you fine men rather extensively. People in situations like my own tend to listen to shows such as the Tailgate Podcast as a way of keeping tabs. (laughs) Boy, we run up tabs like no one's business, so you go right ahead and keep them. Oh, oh, yeah, or do you mean tabs as in keeping tabs on our unique interviewees? Keeping tabs on you, not to put too fine a point on it. Keeping tabs on those humans at risk of sniffing too close in places they may sooner than later come to regret. Well, I can promise you that we mean you and your folk, whoever the heck they even are, no harm in the slightest. Mm -hmm. You claim to listen to our show. We always try to be as professional and respectful as we can. You intoxicate yourselves on the trunk end of your wagon, heave glass bottles into the ocean, and long-bashed mausoleum walls to quench your selfish, morbid curiosities. But you both do possess an undeniable charm that has kept you alive thus far, despite numerous rages on the contrary. Well, shoot, i like to get in on that action. Doubtful you could. Considering t'was I who fronted your bill just now. Yeah, that's a solid point. <laughs> yeah, I got you there. Yeah, we broke. Not forgetting the fact that you would have had to bet against heavy odds to collect, because you would otherwise be... Well, I think you understand what I am alluding to. We would otherwise be... Dead? Why? Should it alleviate any concern, my friends, I assure you that I have no foul intent on this fine night. I am simply here to humor you with an interview. One might call it an interview with a vampire. Ah. Those devious nocturnes have never claimed me, nor have I them. Well, you didn't deny it either, though. And there it is. That surprising wit and charm you both are becoming so known for. Hear that, she said? Fella thinks we're charming. the toilet paper, and let's keep that trend afloat by offering our guests <laughs> some craft beer. For your trouble and yeah. for covering our beignets, we'd love well, to share if we're some... Well, we, if, if we're charming, we should offer some craft bear. <laughs> no? Cha-cha-cha? Uh, <laughs> oh, we'd love to share oh, some of this fine brew with you. <laughs> we'd have to get back to the truck first, though, you know, <laughs> to tailgate and whatnot. Ah, uh, yes. But even the mere temptation of such poison besmirches my temple of body and idol of mind. Well, didn't you just buy sugared donuts? I mean, how sacred could that temple be? Indeed, I did lay purchase for you, as you two seem not least bothered by the state of your body or mine. And here you are, two piping hot black cafes, medium, and a bag of hot and fresh beignets. Enjoy! <laughs> how could we not? Wait, cheesehead. 
You thumbing through your notebook like that when we got these donuts here cooling off by the second? Man, eat these things. It's just that Count Germont comments reminded me of something I took notes of when researching for this episode. We take notes? Um, we research? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are. Uh, while in the company of Louis XV, it is said that you ate no meat, drank no wine, and lived according to a strict regime, and insisted on dining alone, even going so far as to turn down dining with the prince himself. Damn! Man, meat? Wine? Dank say a thing about donuts, though. It is fair to say that... Wait. Dank? <laughs> yeah, you know, like... Do ain't. <laughs> you you, you tank say daint where you're from? What the devil does that even mean? On second thought, I shan't entertain such linguistic abominations. Now, where was I? Uh, it was fair to say. Ah, yes. It is fair to say that I wish to dine in private. I am quite punctilious on the manners of consumption. You must be punctilious as hell to turn this shit down. Uh, uh, Cheesehead, you gonna get on these beignets already? I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, well, curd my milk and fry them bitches. These are the best flipping donuts I've ever tasted. Thanks a million, Mr. Saint. Uh, Mr. Counselor. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Oh, man, all right. I'll shoot you straight, Jermaine. I think you're a vampire. <laughs> Your freaky, freaky eating habits, <laughs> immortality, and all that jazz. Well, that's not the that's not the jazz I meant. But I still love it though. Hypothesis without but the faintest whisper certitude. Well, how's about the fact that you ain't ever seen eating solid food or drinking nothing? Hmm. Hmm. Gotta run and hide just to eat? Yeah, that's pretty suspicious. I prefer to dine in privacy, as stated. Because you're drinking blood. Yeah. 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 Frivolous yeah. postulation. How about I? Wiki wiki. The script. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, there's a script. Script? No, I mean we, pro we probably need one off topic as we get. Do you uh -huh. bathe regularly? God, I wish he did. No oh, hush. Of course we bathe. Reckon one could call it regularly. In private or before land and lord. Land and lord. Man in private. Or is privacy pretense for the bathing in virgin blood to maintain the vestige of youth, a la Countess Elizabeth Bathory? I don't know no Elizabeth Bathory, but it's kind of ironic the bath is in her name. No, no. Elizabeth Bathory. Bathory. You have arrived at a very sound conclusion. The absence of evidence isn't evidence. Okay, well, you make a good point in favor mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. you know, not being a vampire. A uh, vampire? God, honestly, I don't even know the difference. The latter is archaic, and the words are otherwise synonyms. Alright, so you're not a vampire, but you have been alive, what, hundreds of years by all accounts? To which accounts do you speak of? Alright, yeah, alright, 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 alright. No more beating around the bush. We're about no. to play a fun little game we like to do here on the tailgate called Is This You? Damn, you pulling out the big guns this early, Cheesehead? Darn tune I am. So the game is called Is This You? Where you provide evidence of my existence throughout history. And I answer the question, is this me? Yes, I am very familiar, as once again, I listen to your show. Shall we begin? Or would you prefer more beating around the proverbial bush? Well, I'm a beer bush. Oh, come on now. That made this instantly less fun, but okay. So, you were known even by Voltaire to have claimed the position of Scotch Egg. Scotch Knight. Scotch Knight. Now, 
I did a little digging, and I found that according to the Dictionary of Symbolic Masonry, the Scotch Egg. Scotch Knight. Scotch Knight. Nice. Is the highest symbolic age of the Freemasons, the age of which is 500 years old. Regarding your claim of being such a Scotch Knight, yep. and thus alive over five centuries, the Masonic Order actually refused to back you up in public. Some even called you a celebrated imposter. So, St. Germain, Scotch Knight, Knight, well, you know, whatever, is this you? I am a man of many titles, liar being absent among them. Indeed, I am Scotch Knight. And I have no doubt the Masonic majority would reject the notion, for deep down these southern-tiered sheep believe their own symbolic age is a thing of ludicrousy. Imagine, fraternity in which the highest tiers seem absurd even by your deepest fancies. Why even join such an order then? Okay, buddy, gad, my research shows that you traveled all throughout Europe, India, China, and Africa claiming to be 50, 88, 300, and 500 years old, depending on who asked. And to boot, you ran under various aliases, which seemed to coincide with the conflicting plethora of names trailing you throughout history like a kite tail. So, world traveler of multiple names and ages, is this you? No. Aha! Wait. And yes, consequently. Aha! (laughs) I was indeed a high-ranking mason and traveled under many guises to conceal my true origins. It is well testified that I would vanish for months on end, set forth as a messenger of the Great Lodge. So, okay, well, so lying about your name and age checks in that case, I guess. My behavior wasn't mendacious in the slightest. Well, whatever that means, you assume different names. That is lying. Mm-hmm. I am no more a liar than, say, Eric Arthur Blair, Samuel Clemens, or New Orleans' own Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. Oh, yeah, well, I definitely know who those people are. <laughs> the pseudonyms of George Orwell, Mark Twain, and Anne Rice, respectively. And all liars by your account. Okay, okay, come on. Those are pen names, though. Code words used to keep the author's private lives a private. Precisely as I was doing during my globe-trotting affairs. Hmm? Yeah, but you didn't know that Anne Rice's real name is Howard. The duck. All right, all right, all right. Fair play on the names. But you did lie about your ages, though. How so? As you mentioned, I claim to have been 50, 88, 300, and 500 years. And I have been all of those ages at some point or another. You? (laughs) All right, you are one clever son of a bitch. Yeah, probably a vampire. Most definitely a vampire. I denounce your suppositions of any links to vampirism, and yet, still, you peck at me like a crazed brood of hens. Well, you seemingly live forever. And that I do. But to associate every immortal with the court of the vampire is narrow-minded at best, perilous at worst. So I come to you now with the inquiry of my own. Okie dokie. Shoot. What evidence do you two lads propose in support of such outlandish declarations? Well, as mentioned, you are immortal. Which is not limited to, nor specifically linked to, vampirism. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. true. True, 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 true. All right, but, but you know what is linked to vampirism? Do enlighten me. Transylvania, as in Hotel Transylvania, once the kingdom of Count Dracula himself, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> oh my. Are you implying that I am Vlad the Impaler? Is this a ruse? No ruse. There ain't no ruse. Someone tell me. This might be a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying it ain't no ruse. No. Okay, I ain't saying you was him exactly, but you were known at times to go by the name Count Zarogi. Perhaps. And what of it? You you ain't good at Scrabble, Mr. Scotch Egg. Scotch Knight. Damn it. All right. Knight. So close. 
No. Throughout my existence, I've had scant time for games, so you must pardon my ignorance as it pertains to Scrabble. I do, however, struggle to find any relevance here. Well, your name, Zorogi, a German surname, and an anagram for Ragogzi. I'm sure I nailed that. I'm sure it's exactly how that's pronounced. <laughs> As in the Prince Ragogsky of what is modern-day Romania, a.k.a. Transylvania, a.k.a. Bome of Vlad Dracula. Dracula is a work of fiction penned by one Bram Stoker. A little more. A little more. My foot. Both of them. And the very real Vlad accrued the name Dracul. Or Dracul? Yeah, Dracul. <laughs> from fellow members of the Order of the Dragon. Oh, weren't they the radical brotherhood benefactored by the Holy Roman Emperor and charged to stop expansion of the Ottoman Empire at any cost? Correct, Cheesemeister. Thank you, nice. But I still find myself far removed from any vampiric entanglements, unless there is more to this story you would like to add. Well, yeah. According to my findings, George Hezekiel, Prince Karl of Hesse, and others believed you to be Franz Leopold Ragalski of Transylvania. Oh. It's even said that you claimed yourself in 1770, 70, 70, 77, 1777, speaking on it both openly and in confidence. And you said yourself that you are a man of many things, but liar isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Not my exact wording, but true enough. I may be in relation to this family, but the fact of the matter is that I am not, nor ever have I been, a vampire. So you aren't a vampire then, okay. Uh, Can you explain then how you've come to live for so long? What other measures are there of achieving immortality? A good many of them, in fact, but I digress. I think it's safe to proclaim myself a chemist. You mentioned Casanova earlier in the conversation, did you not? Yeah, I sure did. Twas he who stated in his memoirs that I was 300 years old, that I knew the secret of universal medicine, that I possessed in mastery over nature. Okay, well, this strangely checks out. It was said by others that you impressed many with your mastery of instruments and composition, as well as your oil paintings where you used a secret color that only you knew how to create and implement. Wait, you invented a color? For some, these feats were nothing short of miracles. Others equate it to your well of knowledge of chemistry, physics, and other sciences. In fact, your boy Casanova, a wealth of insight, I gotta say, had this to say in regards to the wooing of ladies with your scientific wizardry. For a while, he, saint Germain, gave women paints and cosmetics. He flattered them, not that he would make them young again, but that their beauty would be preserved by means of a wash, which cost him a lot of money, but which he gave away freely. How are you always one step ahead of me? Yeah. 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 Comes with age. (laughs) Well, the old Countess de Clergy, you know her, right? (laughs) Okay. So according to my research, the old Countess de Clergy spoke with a man named St. Germain in 1770 telling him that she met his father in Venice some 50 years prior. The young man replied that his father had passed away a long time ago, and that it was him himself who she met in Venice all them years back. When she tried calling his bluff, he recounted their meeting with immaculate detail, much to her bewilderment. Mm. <laughs> oh, the Countess. Yes, I do recall. 
The old countess claimed that the man she met back in 1710 was at least 45 years old, and you at the outside are that age at present. To which you apparently smiled and replied, Madam, I am very old. Ooh, then you must be nearly 100 years old. It is not impossible. To which she finally conceded, Oh, no, no, I believe you are a most extraordinary man. A devil. Okay, alright, so I'll take it by the back and forth there that this is you. You steal my thunder, but okay. Do you need a quill and Preston wax? Obviously, yes, that was me. Alright, point made, point made. And here's a doozy. You are apparently also prophetic. On May 21st, 1821, Countess Demar... Demar, fuck, so many Ds. <laughs> oh, all these Ds in my face. It's like college. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, boy. <laughs> On May 21st, 1821, Countess Demar wrote entries in a private diary regarding prophecies that you made which actually came true. You spoke of tragedy in 1793, claiming it to be the sad fate of the Queen Marie Antoinette. Had they only listened. Mm, had they indeed. Similarly, on top of Marie's beheading, she wrote that you prophesied the death of Duke Donquin, murder <laughs> of Duke de Berrier, and more. This was written in 1821, by the way. I believe you are correct. Yes. Yes, I am, which is funny, because St. Germain is widely known to have died in 1784 when she asked if you would resettle in Paris. And you said... That a century will pass before I reappear. And it was so. I mean, not so much for her, because she'd be dead and all that. No, no. Hey, in 1775, there was an unknown man. Matching your description, St. Germain, Jean-Marc, rallying the American forefathers into signing the Declaration of Independence. So, St. Germain. Is this me? Yes, it was. No, I was indeed among the colonists. Well, 1784, St. Germain dies. Yes, in a manner of speaking. 1785, St. Germain appears at the Masonic Convention in Paris, according to Registrar by Dr. E. E. Eckert. Yes, interesting fellow, that one. Well, in 1786, Germain meets the Empress of Russia. Da. Eto pravada. It's true. Yep, definitely. 1788, he tells Baron Linden, I will rest. I must rest. <laughs> exactly in 85 years will people again set eyes on me. Farewell. I love you. You sounded nothing like Germain. I sounded, that was impeccable. <laughs> Are you questioning my love for sweet Baron Linden? What? No, I don't even know who that is. Like, I'm going to be real with you. 1897, singer Emma Cab autographs her picture to St. Germain, calling him the great chiromancer who told me many truths. I certainly told the girl many truths. Wowzers. Right? I am starting to think that you are the most interwoven and influential immortal to ever live. I mean, the American and French revolutions? Secret missionary of the Freemasons? Yeah, and the fact that you'd fall into trances, according to my research, which you claim transported you to another dimension and enabled you to communicate with the dead. You also claim the ability to tame wild bees and snakes? Or, or? I conceded that in all my many centuries of life, never have a pair of lads exhausted me so much as you two have. So I shall come out with it. You want to know my secret? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does it rhyme with clam buyer? 
does it? It was through my affinity for the sciences, not vampirism or any affliction of the ilk, which I achieved immortality. For you see, I sampled the world for the rarest of Earth's treasures, rarest of waxes and venoms, notwithstanding, to compress into magnum opus. Damn, you used magma? I did use magma. But what I said was magnum opus. Huh. I, Count St. Germain, have unlocked the secret to life itself. The Philosopher's Stone. No, 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 no. Wasn't it the Sorcerer's Stone? Uh, no, no, it's actually the Philosopher's Stone, the original British print, not to be a prude. All right. No, wait, 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 wait. Excuse me? This is not some work of fiction. The coveted item which I possess is very real. Oh, okay, well, so uh, that answers that. You got yourself a neato little rock to keep you alive. Neato little rock? That's what I said. <laughs> neato little rock. Yeah, buddy. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. I used to have a rock collection as a kid. Hmm. You undermine the single greatest achievement in all of mankind. Many a man and woman would sacrifice the world itself for such an artifact. This stone is more a holy grail than the actual holy grail. Do you understand? Oh, the holy grail like spam a lot? It's just a model. Shh. Again, you exhaust me. Have I at least put to rest any reservations you had about my being a vampire? Almost. Dear me. There is one alleged appearance we've yet to mention. Mm -hmm. One that took place right here in New Orleans. Now Suspiciously close to where you are right now. I shall indulge you one last time. Good. Well, despite being the front of the 20th century, a man by the name Jacques Saint-Germain... Jacques Saint-Germain... <laughs> Nailed it. Jacques Saint-Germain claimed to be your ancestor. And you do look strikingly similar because there's a picture of him, which, by the way, we'll put online on our Instagram at the Tailgate Podcast. Anyway, Jacques moved to New Orleans as a mysterious aristocrat and immediately fell in with the social elite. After one of his extravagant parties, real Gatsby style, he lured a woman into his room alone, very un-Gatsby style. And what befell this poor creature? Pray tell. Wait, Gatsby or... Oh, sorry. Attempted murder as Jax Germain rushed at her with the intent to bite and drain her blood. She escaped and made it to the police. By the time the authorities made it to Germain's manor, not only was he missing, but so was all of his belongings. They were as if he was never there. So, Count St. Germain, or should I say Jack? Nope. Jacques. Jacques. Is this you? No. Oh. I don't know what I mean. I mean... <gasps> That certainly was not me. Remember, I prefer to dine alone. So how would a vampire forced into the company of his meal be suitable to my tastes? That is a really good point. I see to good measure that no other kind of point is ever to part my lips. Now, are we quite finished? No. While there are other sightings of you, Richard Chamfrey in the 1970s, for example, I, I think we got all the answers we came for. You aren't a vampire, but you are in fact immortal, for you possessed the fabled Philosopher's Stone. So, I guess that's it for us. Uh, we really appreciated you spotting us the beignets and setting the record straight. Got one more question burning my brain, however. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. 
less. Speak true. Well, if you ain't a vampire, what's your business here in New Orleans? I came for you. For you see, lads, much as I did the late Marie Antoinette, I bear yet another prophecy. A curse of death shall be placed upon me. Oh, yeah, no, that's old news. We know all about the curse, and trust us, we know how to break it. You know how to break the curse. That's what I said. Yet still it shall come to pass. You think we ain't gonna succeed and the mummy's gonna come back for us? It is beyond what I think, and what I know to be true. Okay, but all we gotta do is return a canopic jar to Florida man's Egyptologist buddy of ours, and boom! Curse lifted. Boom. We got the jar, and a return package is waiting for us in Dallas. Easy beasy. I pray it is so. Heed my warnings and tread lightly, my friends. I mean, we just... Alright, so we just got back to our, our truck here to tailgate with you, Mr. St. Germain. Ain't you at least gonna chill with us a little bit and drink some delicious beer? <laughs> I have other appointments, I'm afraid. Aww. But being prophetic is a heavy weight to bear. Alright, man. Well, I mean, well, thanks for joining us uh, as long as you did. Yeah, thanks for the bagnets. Yeah, the beignets. beignets. Ben, 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 I don't know. I ain't French. My pleasure, lads. You take care. Yeah, see you around, Mr. St. Germain. I pray this is true, despite my reservations. Farewell. Later, man. Well, what are we drinking today, Cheesehead? Yeah, I thought you'd never ask. Andy Gator Doppelbach by Abita Brewing Company, brewed right here in Louisiana. This is good shit. Uh, it's got a big old King Gator on the bottle art. Man, I'm a sucker for Gator art. <laughs> Indeed it does. Plus, it's 8.5 ABV. Man, I'm all about that. Well, if you got any art of your own you'd like to share, or any questions, corrections, or crazy encounters, shoot us an email to the tailgate podcast at gmail.com, and follow us on Instagram at the tailgate podcast for photos, cast info, updates, and more. Yeah, be sure to tune in every Tuesday for more content. See you later, tailgaters. Tail Andy Gators. Yeah! Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of the Tailgate Podcast. Count St. Germain is played by Christopher Allen. You can follow him at Team Chris Allen on Instagram and check out his IMDb. The Waitress and Trolley Girl is played by Alicia Foreman from the podcast We Three English Majors. Aaron the Cheesehead is played by Aaron Cherry. You can check him out at So Can You Exclamation Point on YouTube. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Aaron Unabridged. Harrison the Florida Man is played by Harrison Foreman. Music was performed by Matt Jones. This episode was written and edited by Harrison Foreman.